Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. Today we are going to be talking about having faith like Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, so this is the Christmas story and it's so exciting. I know it's right after Christmas, so you guys probably all heard a lot about Mary and a lot about the birth of Jesus, the conception about Jesus, Um, but I highly encourage you to continue listening because I don't think that you can ever get enough of celebrating the arrival of our Savior, and maybe you'll take away something new, or maybe you'll just have something click for the first time if I repeat something you've heard before. So we're going to start out with prayer and then get into this. Dear God, I just thank you for today, and I pray that you would give me wisdom to interpret this wonderful, wonderful history of the birth of our Savior and your Son, Jesus. This is such good news, and I pray that you would soften our hearts so that we can understand the true meaning of this, the reason for celebration that is Jesus, and that that would change our lives and change our hearts. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we are going to be reading in Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start off by reading a little section and then explaining it, and then we'll just continue on from there. So the first verses I'm going to read are Luke 1, 26 through 28. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. So there are a couple things that I wanted to point out in this passage because they're really important, but they might be overlooked if you're not Um, aware of them or just looking for them. So this is taking place in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, who is Elizabeth? Well, Elizabeth was married to Zachariah and she had uh, John the Baptist in her belly. She was going to give birth to him. And um, the same angel Gabriel that is going to Nazareth to Mary also went to Zachariah and the angel told Zechariah that God had answered his prayers and that they would have a son, even though Elizabeth was believed to be barren and they were both old, which is kind of like Abraham and Sarah. But God was blessing them with a son, and the son would be John, and eventually he would become John the Baptist, who would be the man who went out before Jesus and prepared the world for him. And so during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John, God sent this same angel, Gabriel, to the Virgin Mary in Nazareth. And at this time, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. This is important because there are prophecies in the Old Testament that say that the Savior and the Messiah is going to come from the line of King David. And so knowing that Joseph is a part of that line, is knowing that the prophecies and promises of God are being fulfilled and showing God's faithfulness through that and making this evidence that this is the immaculate birth of the Messiah. And so the angel tells her, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
in, in verse 29, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That was verses 29 through 33. And these are some hefty promises of Gabriel, the angel. He is saying that as a virgin, Mary is going to give birth. And not only that, she's going to give birth to the Son of the Most High, who is going to reign over Israel forever. That is crazy. And I think Mary knew in this moment that she was giving birth to this promised Savior, who for thousands of years, for generations, the Israelites had been waiting for, the Israelites had been praying for, the Israelites had been expecting. And now Mary... Mary is going to give birth to him? Like, we can't even imagine what she would have been thinking. And all that she asks in verse 34 is, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. This doesn't show Mary's disbelief. I think it shows her desire to believe, her desire to understand. And it kind of reminds me of the soldier who believed but said help me with my unbelief because she's not saying this can't happen she's saying how can this happen she wants to understand she wants to see how god can make a way she wants to trust in god but she needs a little bit more to understand and the angel replies in verse 35 the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of god so this is the evidence of actually how is she going to become pregnant as a virgin the holy spirit is going to come upon her and she's going to become impregnated with the son of god and he's going to be born holy and he's going to be the messiah and the angel goes on in verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. So another piece of evidence is that God has been faithful. God has provided when it didn't seem like there was a way for Elizabeth, her relative. And that has happened recently. So the more evidence is given to Mary that God is capable of doing this, that God has done this in the past. And the angel goes on to say, for nothing is impossible with God. I love that verse, Luke 1 for nothing is impossible with God, because it's so very true, but I think we forget it so often. And that was enough for Mary. That answered her question, how can this happen? It can happen because our God makes the impossible possible. And that is so amazing. That's the God we serve. And that's why we trust him. That's why we can put our faith in him. Because he can make a way when there is no way. He can make a virgin conceive the Messiah. Mary responded then in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And there's another key thing that I want to point out here. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. So let's just go back. 
First, the main question was, how can this happen? The answer was, nothing is impossible with God, so it can happen. And how does Mary respond to that? How does Mary respond to God's work, to God's blessings when he's making a way for her? She says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary could have easily said, oh yeah, of of course it's me. Of course he's going to make a way for me because I'm so special. Um, But Mary understood that she was the Lord's servant and she was overjoyed to be in service to the Lord and in service to his plans and his workings over generations. She said, I am the Lord's servant. She's humble. And do you know what a servant does? A servant obeys. A servant obeys their master and she's obeying God. She's following his plan. She's agreeing to go along with the Lord's work so that she can carry out his plans as a humble servant. And that's the attitude we have to have when God makes the impossible possible. If you're in a trial and you're struggling and you don't see how you could ever get out of it and God provides a way and God makes it happen, you have to praise him. You have to acknowledge that God is doing the work for you and you can be a vessel of his work. You can be his servant, but it's never going to be your work. You never did it on your own. Like Daniel, you have to acknowledge, like Mary, you have to acknowledge that God is the God and you are the servant. And we're happy to do that because we're serving a glorious, good father. So Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. And she continues, may everything you have said about me come true. This is, this is interesting. Because Mary wants everything the angel said to become true. She wants God's will to come. She makes God's will her own will. And she says, may it come true. But there are ramifications and consequences if Mary became pregnant while she is a virgin. Because most people would assume that she was unfaithful to Joseph, whom she was engaged to, whom she was had already made the commitment of marriage to. She would not be in the same position she is, and she would suffer probably for the rest of her life for having what appeared to be an adulterous way of living and an unfaithful way of living, but in reality was a blessing from God, this beautiful blessing that Mary was chosen for. And she said, I don't care what other people say. I don't care what they think when they look at me. I don't care about um, the worldly consequences of following God because it is worth it. And because she wanted God's will to be her own, she said, may it come true. And I believe she believed that with her whole heart because she knew that doing God's will, having confidence that God would make a way, that God would figure it out with her, that God would provide for her, just as he did for Jesus's conception for the rest of her pregnancy, for the rest of Jesus's life. She trusted that God was greater than the world, that God was greater than anything that could happen. And that confidence in her faith made her accept the will of God. 
So it's so important when you don't know what's going to happen in your life, when you don't know how God is going to make a way, when it seems hopeless, just like all of these other people we've talked about and examined their faith, you have to lean in. You don't say, oh, maybe I don't know what God's going to do. Let me just try and figure it out on myself. Don't do that. We all do that because we all want control. But it's so much better to trust in God because even if we don't understand the way that he is making, I can be sure that he is making a way and it is better than anything you could do. So leaning into that, leaning into your faith, leaning into trusting God, having confidence in him is so important. And so in the following verses, Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth and Elizabeth exclaims in verse 42, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. And in verse 45, she says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. This is another really good verse. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So in this case, Mary believed that God would bring the Messiah, and she had confidence in that. But now, as we look back upon this history, it's not a story, guys. It's history because it actually happened. And when you believe that, when you believe that this happened, that the Messiah came through a virgin, you too will be blessed because you believed. You believed that the Lord did what he said. That's John 3.16. That's believing in Jesus and being saved and having salvation because of that belief. Like this is the gospel and it is so beautiful that Mary believed and was blessed and we too can believe and be blessed. It's the mirror image of our faith being the same as Mary's, the same trust, the same belief in God as Mary's and as Ruth's and as Daniel's and as Abraham's, everyone in the Bible and everyone now, all believers have to have the same saving faith. And it comes from believing in God, believing that he will and has done what he said. And that comes from knowing his character. So if we go back to this question of how do we respond to God's work and God's blessings when he makes a way, when he makes the impossible possible, Mary first responded by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. But then her second response is she praises God and she sings a song of praise. So in verses 46 um, on, We'll see where I get to. We're going to read that um, prayer and praise to God and we're going to look at it. It says in verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. I'm going to skip around a little bit. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. This is so good. Mary is not only praising God for doing good work, for making a way for 
just being a good God and a faithful God, she is praising him for all that he's done for her and all that he's done for generations in the past. And this shows that Mary has a knowledge of God's character and his actions, and she has that intimate relationship with him. She talks about how he has shown mercy from generation to generation, how he has brought down princes, how he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. This shows that she knows the Old Testament. She knows what has happened in the past in that, once again, I've mentioned the same idea in all of the other faith-like podcasts because it comes down to the root of faith, that the evidence for your faith, what you can base your trust on, you say, why can I trust God? It's because of everything that he's already done. It's because you look at his history, you look at the Bible, guys, you get out your Bible, you read it, it's not as hard as it seems, and you learn about God, and you learn about his character, who he is, what he's done, and that changes your heart. That gives you evidence to put your belief in him. And Mary has done this. She knows what he has done in the past, and she's praising him for it because he's doing it once again. He has made the promise to the ancestors, to Abram and his children, and now he is fulfilling it through Mary. And we see this come full circle to Genesis. That's how long ago God made this promise, and that's how faithful God has been throughout history, through every single moment, through every single story we hear about God, through every single action in person that he's worked through up until today god has been working for his purposes and we know that because he has fulfilled these promises in continually and he's doing it again all the way back from genesis if we look at genesis 3:15 god said god promised and i will cause the hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he will strike your head and you will strike his heel And this is believed to be a reference to striking the heel is the suffering of God's servants and striking the serpent's head then is Jesus's ultimate victory over death, his resurrection and his defeat of evil. And so even in Genesis 3.15, we see God make a promise and throughout the rest of the Bible, even past the conception birth of the Messiah, we see him fulfilling that promise. And right here, Mary is understanding that. She is seeing the work that faith can do over the years through people like Ruth who continued the line, through Abraham and his faith, all the way to Mary in her own faith, working together to do God's work and to fulfill the promises that he made. And that's so incredible that these people's faith Their simple belief in obedience to God could lead to these promises being fulfilled over generations. I cannot get over how cool that is. If you want to look at what God has promised and you want to look at how he has fulfilled those promises and you want to have evidence to base your trust in him off of so that you can with faith like Mary, you have to open the word. You have to get in and read the story of Ruth, read the story of Abram, read the story of Elisha, read the story of Joseph, read them all for yourself because every single person has had faith and every single person has seen the faithfulness of God and 
you can have that too and you can learn about it too and all it takes is just opening up God's word which he has been so gracious to give to us. So before I kind of wrap this all up, I just wanted to mention one thing. So if we go back to Luke 1, 46 through 47, my translation says that Mary responds, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. But in other translations, it says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And when I heard that other translation, the other translation is King James, and mine is the New Living Translation, I loved that word magnify because it shows Mary's faith in such a simple way, but it's so powerful because when your soul magnifies the Lord, that's not your actions. That's not what you're doing. That's not faith of works. That is your innermost character, your innermost beliefs exhibiting the Lord exhibiting his character and praising him and making God visible to other people through your character and through who you are. And so that word magnify, I decided last year was going to be my word of the year. And a word of the year for me is really just something intentional that you want to improve upon in your faith throughout the next year. And so obviously I'm still improving upon like humility and being a servant of God and all of these other things. But this year I wanted to focus on having that character um, so that my soul would magnify God and that I would show God to other people through the way that I act, through the way that I live, through the way that I am. And so my word of the year was magnify this past year. And I encourage anyone who's listening, if you wanted to have a word of the year for the next year, I think it's such a good way of being intentional about growing in your faith. And you need to pray about it. You need to have a good conversation with God about what his will is for you in this next year and how you can get there, how he wants you to grow. And then be intentional about that. Uh, look up different studies or different passages in the Bible that you can learn about your word and that you can grow with the coming of the end of the year. If you wanted to have your own word for the following year, pray about it, consider it. But today we really just talked about the faith of Mary as a whole, not just how her soul magnifies the Lord, but how she responded to God's work, to God's power and his provision with full acceptance, with humility, with obedience, with praise, and how she just jumped right into God's will, how she believed it, how she followed it, how she lived it out, and did so joyfully and did so excited to be a part of God's greater plan and trusting all along that what he said, even though it didn't make sense, she believed it anyways because she knew God's character, she knew who he was, and that was enough for her faith. And the rest was just by trust and belief and God made a way and we were given the savior. And really quick, if you wanted to know, this little baby that Mary gave birth to as a virgin was Jesus, our Lord and savior. And he was prophesied to come as a savior for the Israelites, for God's people, for generations. But he came humble as a baby and he grew up to die on the cross for our sins 
And we all have been separated from God because of our sins. But when Jesus died for us, he took that blame. He took the punishment of sin, which is death. And he took it for us and he died. And then he rose to life again because he is fully man and fully God. And in doing so, we are offered this blessing of having a right relationship with God if we only believe in Jesus's sacrifice and that he was the Messiah and that he rose again. And from that belief, we have so much gratitude and we can have faith like Mary and we can have faith like everyone else and we can be saved and have salvation and go to heaven. So that was the gospel in like a minute for you, but we were really focusing on Mary. So that was what I had for you guys today. And I hope you can take something from it. I hope you can learn from it and grow from it. But thank you for just joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.